are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's 69-59 win over the Yale Bulldogs. A little closer than some might have anticipated, definitely closer than I thought the game would be. Going to talk about the pace of this game. I'm not necessarily going to take a deep dive into the recap, but I want to talk more stylistically about what the Wildcats did in this game and what they should be doing moving forward. And then also going to talk about Oscar Shibway. I know we talked about him on a recent episode about whether or not he was going to be okay. And I kind of want to reiterate some things I said on that show and just let y'all know after this performance, we got to see Shibway's going to be fine. He's going to be fine for the next few games. Actually, I'm really excited to see what he does here in the coming weeks. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As you can tell, if you're watching on YouTube, we are currently recording from Parts Unknown, not in the studio today. So hope you guys enjoy the relaxing background as we sit and talk here. Feels more podcasty. Uh, today, I definitely would say. All right, Kentucky, victors over the Yale Bulldogs, 69-59 was the final score. Obviously, I think the biggest thing in this game, uh, very similar, and I'm going to shout out my guy Hoops Insight, Sean Vinzel over at Hoops Insight there. He's got a phenomenal uh, blog if you want to go check him out, Kentucky and Louisville basketball. But he put out a newsletter kind of recapping this game, and he said it reminded him, and it reminded me as well, of the Notre Dame game from last season and also the season prior, what the what the Fighting Irish tried to do to the Wildcats was simply kind of take them out of their element in the transition game. They tried to stop transition buckets and they tried to hound their best player. It did not end up working because of the lack of height that they had. Obviously, that was a big thing that we were talking about coming into this matchup. Oscar Shibway in the front court versus Yale, who didn't have anybody in the starting lineup over 6'7". We thought that was going to be an issue, but still... They were effective, the Bulldogs were, in kind of making things erratic, right, all over the place, kind of in a, in a, in a weird way, not a way that the, the Wildcats are accustomed to playing. Obviously, pace of play is something that's really, really important to Kentucky, I think. I'm actually going to talk about the, that later on in the episode, how important transition offense is to this team. But that's what the Bulldogs did. Similar to Notre Dame, they slowed things, things down on their end, they made Kentucky work for their buckets, and in, in reaction to that, not a lot of points were scored. Now, obviously, it doesn't help when you're up 67 to 52, I think it might have been, with a little over four minutes left in the game, and you score two points over the final four minutes. I mean, you were on pace to cover. Let's be very clear. Kentucky was favored by 16 or 17, depending on where you look, uh, and they were on pace to cover in this game. But for the Wildcats to just completely go stagnant, for the final few minutes of this game was not good to see. Also, something else not good to see, if we're just going to talk about negative things for here for a second. Severe Wheeler. Okay, everybody has their opinions on Severe Wheeler. We've been talking about him and kind of what he does for this team for a long, 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 long time, about what we think, whether or not he's good, whether or not he's bad. And in this game, he was 5 of 14 from the floor. He took the second most shots out of any Wildcat uh, on Saturday night, had 10 points, 4 rebounds, 
one assist and one turnover. That is not normally what you see from Severe. In fact, he's averaging six and a half assists per game. But yeah, to go five of 14, I do not care what anybody says. If you go five of 14 from the floor, you're shooting sub 40%, right? If you go five of 14 and you only have one assist, that's not good. That is simply just not good. That's not getting it done from your starting point guard spot. Uh, and I think a lot of people would not disagree with that. There are some people out there that love Severe. There are some people out there that hate him. I'm somewhere in the middle, and it does not help me whenever you see nights like this where you need to see consistency and production against a lesser opponent, I would say, in, in the Yale Bulldogs. And Yale's not a bad team. We talked about that in the preview episode. They're not a bad team, but they're not on your level, and you should be able to go out there and execute uh, not great stuff from Severe Wheeler. Overall on the night, though, despite the pace of this game, I thought Kentucky was actually pretty efficient, uh, both from inside and outside the arc. 50% from the floor. Okay, I'll say this. If we're talking about complaining about Severe Wheeler, if you shoot 50% from the floor and 36% from three, you're probably going to win a decent amount of your games. Now, obviously, you have to have some pace and intensity that comes with that. But the Wildcats, despite what Yale tried to do to them uh, stylistically, they were still out, able to go out there and execute. And again, I want to harken back to what we discussed in the preview episode. We, we got this right. We said that, look, Kentucky's a more athletic team. This is kind of what you can do with a non-con slate, by the way. Kentucky's a more athletic team. They're simply just built different, as the kids might say. And they were going to be able to go out there and kind of do whatever they wanted to, regardless of the way that Yale applied pressure or lack of pressure, if that's the way they wanted to play it. Look, you're, you probably were not going to find out a whole lot uh, it, it, unless it was negative from this game. You probably weren't going to be able to take a ton away. Now, we are going to get to a positive here in a second with Oscar Shibway. But, yeah, a 10-point win against the Yale Bulldogs heading into probably the third biggest game of the season thus far. Arguably the biggest considering what's at stake now that you have two losses on your resume. It's big. It's important that this game went the way it did. Again, probably not going to take a ton away from it, but at the same time, you see Kentucky fight through things whenever things don't go their way. That's positive, but also at the same time, how do they respond against better competition? And I think there's one player in particular, actually, that we've got that is going to respond very well, uh, I think, in the coming games, and that is Oscar Shibwe. He's going to be just fine. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post. You can add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and Higher. Finishing the year well is important, guys, and finding the right team member might help you close 2022 strong and help you set up for a more successful year in 2023. So it's simple. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free over at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Oscar Shibwe in this game against Yale popped off. 
And again, we saw this coming, right? Like this, this was not like something that was crazy. That was just out of the blue, unexpected. Oscar's been on a little bit of a slump this season, statistically. And we talked about it on that, that on yesterday's show, or excuse me, not on yesterday's, on Friday's show, last episode, I believe. We talked about whether or not Oscar Sheboy was going to be okay. Because he's averaging like 14 and 13 a game as opposed to his like 16, 17, and 15 last year. And the reason that we all believe it's going to be fine is because, look, just take a look at the production statistically against important competition. Callis played him the minutes he has produced. Because of his knee surgery, Cal has allowed him to kind of take a little bit of a rest in these games that Kentucky is going to end up winning without him being on the floor for 35 minutes a game. In this game, he played 38 minutes. Cal said, screw it, he's going to be on the court. And he produced 28 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, was 13 of 18 from the floor, had two steals, two blocks, and five offensive rebounds out of those 12, by the way. I think we can all sit here and comfortably say it. Oscar Sheboy's going to be fine. I think he's going to be just fine. There are some out there that were questioning whether or not he was going to be able to rebound after the slow start to the season. Again, we have addressed that. It was not necessarily a slow start, but rather just uh, not being able to see him for the amount of minutes that we normally do. I mean, he's still, we talk about efficiency on this show. It's efficiency relative to the amount of minutes that you get to play, right? Just because you play a ton of minutes doesn't mean that you're uh, a significant player, right? You have to contribute something within the time that you are allotted. There are some players that honestly play better coming off the bench, because they're more efficient. They come off the bench more efficiently instead of starting a game and playing a significant amount of minutes. They're better in smaller sample sizes, right? Oscar Shibwe is not one of those players. You get everything out of him regardless of how little or how how much you play him. And I think that we got to see in this game 38 minutes, 28 points. That's the type of production he can bring you every night. And I think that the question of whether or not he is able to perform against taller competition is definitely a talking point. That's something we've discussed here. It's a really, really concerning thing, especially whenever you get into SEC play and you start to play some of these more talented rosters that have those really, really good big men. There are not a ton in this league this year. I think Colin Castleton for Florida, you can obviously say as one. Janiah Broom for Auburn, I think you could say as another. Um, I can't really think of any others that come to mind outside of Shibway. Maybe I'm just blanking here, but... Once you get into SEC play and you start playing some of these taller kids, with Oscar Sheboy at 6'9", as your starting center, you start to get a little bit concerned about, okay, what does his production look like then? But he's still, in the past, been able to affect things regardless of how tall or how short the opponent is. I think he's going to be fine. And in particular, I think a question we can ask here is like, okay, well, if he's going to be okay, how does he handle Kentucky's next two biggest opponents? UCLA... In Missouri, well, I think it's pretty easy. If you go and look at their roster and you look at the talented big men that are, that are producing for them, I'm going to be honest with you, most of their production for UCLA and for Missouri comes in the backcourt or it comes from their forward position. does not come from their primary center. I know some teams don't traditionally, because of their lack of size, have a player that they qualify as a center, they qualify them as a forward, even though they play them at that five spot. But neither of these teams, I think, have a prolific big man. You look at UCLA. They're almost exactly right at average in terms of average height nationally. 
their best two players, a forward, and their point guard, Tiger Campbell. Those are the two major contributors. And then right behind them, Amari Bailey and Jalen Clark are both six foot five. So they're playing guard and forward. They do not have a prolific big man as far as what they do on the offensive and defensive end. end. And honestly, I think the bigger concern here is how does UCLA or how does uh, Kentucky stop uh, UCLA's offense because they've been pretty good this year. How do they stop that? And I don't think it has a whole lot to do with what Oscar Sheboy does down low. Maybe I'm wrong. I think it may have to do a little bit more with the outside shooting. But you look at Missouri, and this is the game that we talked about a couple episodes ago as being like, whoa, okay, Missouri's good. Like, they can score. They can score a lot. But they can't play defense. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they handle things. And just recently, we record, before we recorded the episode talking about Missouri, they had yet to play Kansas. And I said, if they can get through the Kansas, UCF, and Illinois games, which is their next stretch here, the three-game three stretch before they play the Wildcats, if they can get through that 2-1, and one, we sit up and pay attention. Well, they lost 95-67 to to the Kansas Jayhawks, and it was at home. They lost at home that badly. And this was a team that was averaging 93 a night, and they got 95 scored on them against a team that knows how to play basketball. So I think that kind of comforts, uh, comforts some Wildcat fans. And then also some, some interesting things I want to note here about the Missouri Tigers. They are 307th nationally in average height. You go through their roster, you look through the players that are the most effective for them, Kobe Brown, the forward who has been there for half a decade, uh, is probably their best player, I would argue, in the front court, and he's 6'8". So I think Kentucky is going to be able to have their way. Oscar Shibway specifically is going to be able to have his way against these next two opponents. Something also fun about Missouri, I'm just looking through their Kim Palm page right now. Uh, Missouri, 61.1% from inside the arc. That's second nationally. Weird considering that they don't have almost any size on their roster period. So that's an interesting note there. It'll be cool to see how Oscar handles that defensively. But point being, I think he's going to score, guys. If we're concerned about his points average, if we're concerned about what he does in these, some, some of these bigger games, I think Cal's going to play him. And I think he's going to be able to produce regardless. So that's my take on that. If you disagree with that, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below. If you agree and you think, yeah, I think he's going to be averaging 20 and 15 a night once Kentucky really starts to rely on him, as I think as this SEC slate gets going, you can leave that in YouTube comments below as well, or you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. We talk about Oscar Sheway being a valuable part of this offense, but I think that stylistically there's a direction that Kentucky needs to lean into a little bit more. I think a, a, conduction, or a direction that Kentucky needs to kind of start to head in with the offense, and I think they need to speed things up a little bit. I'm going to explain what I mean by that in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends in Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. You can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, guys, so you do not want to miss out on this. That's simplysafe.com 
slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you in parts unknown. Transition offense, I think it should be Kentucky's bread and butter. Now, I know what I just said about Oscar Shibway and him being important, and you would like to think that big men are particularly the most effective in transition. I think Arizona and Gonzaga would like to disagree about that, and that's another episode for another time. But you look at what Kentucky does best, right? Think about what they are from an athlete, an athletic standpoint. They're one of the best in the country. Obviously, I think they are one of the best teams athletically in the country. They have all the talent in the world. So why then does Kentucky want to regulate themselves, I think, to the tempo that they have chosen to go at? And just to pull it up here for you real quick, Kentucky, according to Kim Palm, is only 130th nationally in adjusted tempo. Now, we're going to see that rise and fall as the SEC conference slate rolls on as it kicks off here in just a few weeks. But the Wildcats, I think, could be doing so much more on the offensive end when it comes to getting out and running. And a lot of it is held back. I honestly think we talk about the positivity around Severe Wheeler and what he does in the assist game. A lot of it's been held back by our guard play, I think, this year. That may be crazy to say, listen, I've, pl- I've watched the Wildcats play in person this season. I've gotten to see kind of what this team is doing. And I'm not saying there's a difference between TV and, and watching it live. I'm just saying I've gotten to- it's not like I'm not watching the games. I'm, I'm watching the Wildcats play, and I'm seeing what they want to do in transition. Whenever they push the issue, Wheeler has not been as effective as he was last season. And we talk about Kaysen Wallace, right? We talk about him needing to get more minutes. This is something that we discussed recently on an episode. If you want to go back, I got a, I got an episode with Casey Wallace in the thumbnail. That, that's the one. You should, you should definitely watch it, see what we talk about there with Wallace needing to play more. But I think this offense has untapped potential. And that's weird to say considering how good they've been for two seasons in a row now with Oscar Sheevway at the helm. I think you could get more out of him if you push the pace a little bit more because it allows you to do two things. Number one, it allows him to kind of get in position quicker than the opponent can react. I think that's really important for him considering his size. And then on top of that, I think it opens up things for other players and allows him to not just become a scorer but a distributor. Get him in the paint, drive and kick. That's the name of the game right now in college basketball. We talk about teams like Alabama who are playing really, really good. They just went to Houston and beat number one Houston on the road. Overcame a 15-point halftime deficient, by, by the way. We talk about Bama recently. Oh, they're legit. They're legit. And their philosophy on offense, drive and kick. We're looking for the two. If we can't get it, we're kicking out for, for the three. Pace and space. That is the name of the game. That is what works. We need to see Kentucky taking that approach more often. I have told you guys time and time again, listen, the most boring basketball may be the most effective way to win. Virginia and Tony Bennett suck. They suck to watch. Nobody wants to watch Virginia basketball, but they win. And that's a style of play that works. The complete opposite, the complete inverse there, pace and space, works as well. It wins. Alabama's winning right now with it. You know, you see Kansas winning with it. You see Duke winning with it. You see Michigan State not necessarily 
getting up and down the court like they're on fire, but you saw what they did against the Wildcats that hurt them. They got out in, their, in transition, and they went to the basket. That's what works. It's inside the paint, and it's outside the arc. I think Kentucky should focus strongly on those two areas and doing it as quickly as possible, and I know they can because they've got the athletes to do it. Maybe you need somebody piloting the offense a little bit less than they are right now. Maybe you need that. But overall, I think Kentucky's got the horses to make, the, to make that work. Obviously, they do. It's just a question of whether or not Cal will start to make that adjustment. And we thought he was going into this offseason, right? And we saw coming out of practice, preseason practice, that is, hey, Kentucky's taking a little bit more of a modern approach. No, they aren't. Are they letting their big man shoot? No, they aren't. Probably for the better, to be honest with you. Are they going four out, five out? No, not really. No, they're not. They're not doing that. And if they are, they're doing it in, I think, the incorrect way. So I think Kentucky needs to start to really consider as they get into this SEC slate, okay, what bothers teams the most? What are we effective at? Everything is the answer to that question. And how can we change our execution? I think it's pretty simple. I think you just spread things out a little bit more and you quicken the tempo. We have seen Kentucky be most effective against any opponent whenever they get out and run. Simple as that. Some teams aren't built that way. Some coaches aren't built that way. I think Cal is in this weird spot where he's kind of on and off with it. Make it work. You know, I, I know that the Wildcats can. If you disagree with that, if you think Kentucky's okay with the way that they run their offense, hey, I'm open to your opinion. If you want to leave that in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter over at Locked On UK. You can follow me Man, on Twitter. Oh, that is the wrong button. Look at me going. You can follow the show on Twitter over at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Stahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns? Again, comments, socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.